0: Let me say again, welcome. We're gathered in this unusual way, but we're gathered in trust that distance and technology are no obstacle to the risen Lord who is alive to be encountered. So welcome, friends, Black Knoll members, friends of friends, visitors. We're glad that you're worshiping with us today. This morning, we'll continue our study of Ephesians chapter 5. So in the book of Ephesians, Paul spends the first three chapters communicating the big story of what God has done in Christ. And then in chapters 4, 5, and 6, he gets down to brass tacks. If the big story that Paul says is the true story, well, then how do we live? Last week, we heard Paul's exhortation to walk in love as Christ loved us. And we tried to imagine with him how holiness actually serves love. That holiness is not an end in itself, but that holiness serves love. In our text today, he continues more or less the same argument, the same way of thinking, that we've been given a new identity in Christ, and so we have a new vocation. But today he supplies a new way of picturing this new vocation light and darkness so let's continue reading Ephesians chapter 5 beginning with verse 9 hear the word of the Lord for you were once darkness but now you are light in the Lord live as children of light For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but expose them. It's shameful to even mention what the disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible. And everything that is illuminated Becomes a light. That is why it is said, Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish. But understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This, too, is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. When have you found yourself in darkness? For some of you kids, that might be bedtime every night. Your parent closes the door and suddenly it's dark in there and you start to hear creaks and see shadows on the wall. For some of you older ones, we'll call you older kids, that might be driving home in the evening. The sun sets before you get home and suddenly you're hyper-vigilant, looking everywhere for curbs and parked cars and even pedestrians. On the farm, I have the task of shutting up the chickens at night, and it's not uncommon for me to venture out without a flashlight or a phone for the moon to go behind the clouds, and suddenly there I am, in the darkness, stumbling over the fence, reaching for the door to shut in the chickens, and putting my hand right in a pile of chicken dropping that I couldn't see. We are vulnerable in the darkness. Fear and confusion lead us in the darkness. And we can, well, we can learn to live this way all the time. Paul says to the Ephesians, once you were darkness, what does he have in mind? Well, it makes me think of the goblins. The goblins are beings who live under the mountain, at least according to George MacDonald's fantasy story for kids, The Princess and the Goblin. Now, these creatures once lived on the surface, but they fled the treatment of an ancient king, And so now they live under the mountain and have evolved into their own race that, while they have no need of sun, they don't grow crops, they don't keep animals, and they despise the sun dwellers. Their years under the surface have evolved their physical form so that now they've developed these grotesque features and, strangely enough, toeless, sensitive feet. Who knows? Fantasy story. You may think of Paul, well, kind of like the author of a fantasy novel, painstakingly sketching a world that we can't see. And he describes at various places in his letter to the Ephesians how we became creatures who once were made to reflect God's glory but now have been fully adapted to life in the dark. We are darkened in our understanding, incapable of perceiving the truth. Our hearts are hard. We're unable to love. And our desires are distorted. We just don't have a taste for what is good. Those who were Gentiles, well, they can't even remember or imagine anything different. But all alike, Jew and Gentile, have succumbed to the same fate. It's not a pretty picture, is it? Humans still bear the likeness of God. They are still made in his image, but they reflect God more as a, well, a grotesque caricature of our heavenly father than a child who resembles her parent. And yet, it is to these unsightly creatures that Paul says once you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. God has come among the goblins to break the spell. This is what we celebrate at Christmas, that in the life and death of this little child, well, we will be made human again. The light of Christ shines in the darkness. It penetrates even the darkest and most out-of-the-way places. And who are we to imagine that anyone, even ourselves, are beyond its reach? Right now, the church calendar tells us that we are in the Feast of Epiphany. And we begin this feast by remembering the story of the Magi. This story begins with what? A light, a light in the heavens leads pagan astrologers to kneel before the Christ child. Those Gentiles who were relegated to the outskirts of Israel's temple opened their sacks and bowed before Israel's savior. While the ones who should have been enlightened, the teachers of the law were scratching their heads in the palace of a counterfeit. These wise men refused to cooperate with Herod, and Matthew tells us that they went home another way. A suggestion that by this encounter, they have been changed. Paul's words here are written, well, to the likes of those magi, to those who unexpectedly, to their surprise and to the surprise of others, have been brought into the light. But what does it mean to continue in its brilliance? How do you take another path? How do you live as children of the light in Christ? Paul gives us a couple of ideas. First, he says, find out what pleases the Lord. This implies a time of learning. You are light in the Lord, Paul says, but... That doesn't mean you have immediate and complete knowledge of how to live. You're not totally illuminated. Rather, this is a lifelong process of discovery. It takes time to be, well, sensitized to lust and greed and foolish talk. It takes time to develop trust in Christ to choose another way and wisdom to know what a godly alternative may be. Walking in the light doesn't mean that suddenly everything is clear before your eyes. It's an orientation towards God, towards trusting obedience, even when you have just a pinprick of illumination in what, on what otherwise seems like a murky path. Second, Paul says, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness but expose them. And the translation I was working with, expose, is repeated over and over. If you've ever seen an old film strip, then maybe you remember that unused film is of a single dark color. But on film that's been exposed, if you've taken pictures or recorded a video with it, you can hold it at the right angle and see shape and variation and light and color. The light of Christ exposes. It is the thing by which everything else becomes visible. It brings into sharp relief what was once hidden from view. It is not merely a hazy glow or halo over this world, but it enables us to see things for what they are. So we are called to wake up And live wisely. For we've actually been given a gift. We're no longer resigned to muddling about in fear and confusion, following our own cravings and desires. Rather, we can receive every day as an opportunity to try and understand, to seek to know what the Lord's will is. And to do it. What does that mean for us right now? As our country prepares for an unprecedented second impeachment. And church leaders battle one another in posts and on Twitter. I admit my desire to retreat into a willed confusion. I want to run away from the conflict. But we have to make the most of Every opportunity. So what does that mean for this? How is it an opportunity for us? Well, at Black Knoll, we spend most of our time concerned with the affairs of our particular life together right here at Perry and Iredell. And rightly so, I think. Knowing and caring for one another, teaching the faith, attending to our neighbors, that's a full-time job, not just for me, for all of us. But this is a moment when we pick up our heads and look around, when we recognize that our life is embedded in the complex currents of the United States, American evangelicalism, contemporary culture. To my knowledge, no one in our congregation was at the Capitol on January 6. But it's an opportunity for us to ask, what animated those crowds? What animates us? What do we encourage each other to fear? And where does fear lead us? What kind of life together? How do we need to be praying and gathering and speaking in order to cultivate sober-minded obedience and trust in God, come what may? Obviously, There's a lot more to be said. Can we learn to say it? To speak about these things and try to understand together what the Lord's will is? I think we have to try. The days demand it. Paul leaves us with kind of an odd, but I think hopeful image. He says, do not get drunk on wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Paul isn't suggesting that the Spirit is some alternative libation that you can sit down and have a glass of on demand, but I wonder if his, his mind is sort of wandering to two different kinds of gatherings. The one, the banquet. A host provides a lavish spread of food and alcohol and the possibility for all sorts of pleasure-seeking versus Christians in worship, singing psalms and hymns to God, still an embodied experience, enjoying using the flesh, still people together, but oriented together towards God. Is this a hopeful scene for you? In Christ was life, and his life was the light of all mankind. His light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Thanks be to God.